0: chapter. I sometimes make this statement when I come to the pulpit, and I'm going to make it again this morning. I have an ambitious set of notes, okay? (laughs) What does that mean? That means i got more here than we're going to be able to get to this morning. So, as always, we trust the Holy Spirit for His direction into what needs to be said today and what needs to be said at a later time. Amen. Um, We are living in interesting times, to say the least. Amen on that. Um, we're we're seeing things that you know either we've never seen before, or we're seeing them in ways and on a scale that we've never seen before. And it's it's sad to me that many in the body of Christ are are panicking. Um, many you know born again believers, sons and daughters of God, are are uh, you know being troubled and deceived by what they're seeing. And um, but that's not going to be us. Amen. Uh, it would be different if if Jesus never told us anything about this. It would be different if the Bible didn't have anything to say about these things. Uh, but thankfully, he did have something to say about it. The Bible does tell us about these things. And it's not just so it give us something interesting to study. It's so that we can be prepared, that we'll know what to expect, know what's coming before it comes, and be ready for it. All right. So Matthew chapter 24 will begin at verse number 4. And Jesus... Answered and said to them, Take heed that no one deceives you, for many will come in my name, saying, I am the Christ, and will deceive many. And you will hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that you are not troubled, for all these things must come to pass. So, just two things that I want to continue to remind you of. Jesus, in the midst of all of this explanation, he gives us some very important instructions. He says, Do not be deceived. And do not let your heart be troubled. Do not be deceived. And do not let your heart be troubled. Why is that important? It's very important because this is how the enemy makes his living. He makes his living by deceiving people. And he makes his living by troubling people. Getting people in fear and worry and panic. Um, And and once a person gets into that fear mode, that panic mode, that survival mode. uh, That individual becomes very vulnerable to what the enemy's trying to produce in effect in their lives. So Jesus says, listen, I'm going to tell you these things, but it's, it's not to trouble you. Matter of fact, don't let your heart be troubled. It's not to scare you. Don't be afraid. Uh, it's so that you will not be deceived and can have confidence. Even if the world is coming off the hinges around you, you can stand in the midst of that and, and do so with confidence and, and, and understanding uh, and, and become a light in the midst uh, of that darkness. All right, so let's just look at 7 and 8. I know we've been reading on through this uh, in previous Sundays, but let's just look at verses 7 and 8 now. He says, For nation will rise against nation, and kingdom against kingdom, and there will be famines, pestilences, and earthquakes in various places. All these are the beginning of sorrows. All these are the beginning of sorrows. And the literal translation of verse 8 is that these are the beginning of birth pangs. This is the beginning of labor. And when you see all of these things happening in the world around you, know that this is simply the earth having a contraction. And what we know about contractions, what we know about labor, is that the birth pangs become more and more frequent and more and more intense as the birth draws near. So we've always seen wars and famines and Epidemics. This is not the first epidemic, pandemic that's ever been on planet Earth. But what we are seeing, and I'm going to show you that visually this morning, what we are seeing is an increase in the frequency of these things and an increase in um, their intensity. Now, let's, um, let's break down some of this. I've got a lot of verses here. Um, when Jesus said, nation will rise against nation... Just by way of review, remember that word for nation there is the Greek word ethnos. And we get our English word ethnic or ethnicity from it. And so he's literally saying that one race of people will rise up against another race of people. That this will be uh, a common occurrence and something that, that happens continually. Now, Jesus said these things must come to pass but that doesn't mean they have to come to pass in our lives. In, in other words, just because the world is going to be in constant turmoil and chaos because of, of racial division, uh, my brother and sister, those things, as the Bible says, should not be so among us. They should not be named even among us. Um, and And so I think the simplest answer as to why these things will always be is, remember, Satan is a divider. Satan wants to divide. He doesn't like harmony. He likes division. He's the author of confusion. And it's very easy, it's low-hanging fruit for the enemy to be able to divide people along racial or ethnic lines. Because of our physical differences, because of of our cultural differences, it's very easy uh, for the enemy to bring division in that area, and I think that's one of the reasons why Jesus said that these things will not only always be on the earth, uh, but they will increase in frequency and intensity, and certainly um, we're seeing that uh, once again uh, in our world today. Let me me just, I'm trying to just stay with the Bible and what Jesus said and let you draw your own conclusions, let the Holy Spirit, because he's our teacher ultimately. And, and so I'm not trying to be political, and I'm certainly not trying to be offensive or divisive. But in this latest episode, and, and listen, I, I'm on a, I'll, I'll speak out against it. It's, it's a tragedy. No police officer should ever use uh, unnecessary force. Um, some of the things with, with George Floyd and all that that, that we witnessed, I'll be the first to say, I don't know all the the details, but, you know, what I saw is is just unexcusable, Should, should never be, okay? But notice how quickly that when these things happen, the headlines are police shot an innocent man, police shot a man in the back, police, see, again, notice how they're trying to characterize that. Not every policeman in the United States of America shot that man in the back. One policeman did it. Are you, are, you, are you following what I'm saying? But it's it's this mindset. So even when we talk about, you know, uh, division between uh, races and ethnicities, um, we see kingdom against kingdom, light against darkness, good against evil, and the enemy is always trying to, to mischaracterize and misrepresent these things. Okay, So I'm in, I'm in no wise defending uh, any police officer, that steps over the line. I will say this, though. Uh, I am no one's judge, and I'm certainly no police officer's judge. And until you've walked a mile in their shoes, until you've walked up to a car pulled over on the side of 459 at 3 in the morning uh, by yourself, okay, <laughs> then you, know, you have really you know, no right to, to question even if that man makes a mistake and people do make mistakes. But there's something bigger that's going on here. And that's what I'm trying to get you to see. And, and for the first time, at least in my lifetime, um, it's not, it's not let's identify the corruption and root out the corruption. It's let's throw baby and bathwater out the window and do away with it all together. And that's what the enemy, I'm telling you, if the devil could do it because he, he thrives again in lawlessness, and if the enemy, if, if, if Satan could do it, he would do away with any authority that tries to enforce the laws of, of this nation or any nation, because again, in that chaos is, is where uh, he, uh, you know, like pig to slop, right? That's, that's what he thrives in. All right, amen or roll me on all that. I appreciate the, let me say this, I appreciate you know, a grunt, uh, amen, or a Baptist nod—whatever I can get out anybody in here this morning. But also, thank you. And I'm—I'm I'm not fishing for more of this. But thank you for those of you who who've reached out to me personally, uh, especially those of you who've known me for a long time and know that this is not, um, you know, my favorite. Let's just say that uh, lane of 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 preaching and teaching. But I think it's called for, and I think the Holy Spirit is leading us to it. Now, he says that. Let me put verse 7 and 8 back up there. It's still up there, okay? Nation rising against nation, kingdom against kingdom. There will be famines, pestilences, and earthquakes in various places. All these are the beginning of sorrows. So let's... And I'm going to give you a lot of information. We're going to come back to kingdom against kingdom because that is also not just, you know, one country rising against another country. When we start talking about kingdoms, we start talking about dominions. That's the word for kingdoms there. It's the word basilia in the, in the original language. And, and we see that there is a kingdom of darkness and there is a kingdom of light. And, and it's, it's not just that one country is rising against another, but many times it will manifest that way. Listen to me, a, a, lot of, a lot of even what we're seeing in our own country in, in the political uprising that we're seeing right now it's, it's really not people so much as it's, is it spiritual forces behind those people, manipulating those people and using them as puppets, right? And so when he's talking about kingdom against kingdom, the, 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 again, the easiest way to see that and think of that would be physical warfare between two countries or two ruling parties. But the reality of it is it's something much deeper than that. And he's talking about the spiritual warfare that takes place behind the scenes. And by the way, remember, we're told that we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, uh, but against principalities and powers and, and rulers of darkness. And that's where our real authority lies. It's the enemy who's trying to pull you into a flesh fight by pulling you into the strife and the chaos. Don't take the bait. Offense means bait. Don't take the offense. Don't take the bait. Amen. You have authority over him as long as you operate in your spiritual authority and your spiritual power. The minute you try to yan yeah, yan, yeah, Anybody know what yan yeah, yan yeah is? The minute you try to get on there, I'm going to give them a piece of my mind. Well, the devil's sitting back going, give it all to me, baby. Give it all to me. Because he don't care. He don't care about a piece of your mind or all of your mind. As long as he can control what you're saying and, and, the, and the vitriol that you're spewing out of your mouth. Take authority over him in the name of Jesus. Anyway, more to come on all of that this word famine it means scarcity and lack it speaks of an inability to find what is needed for daily sustenance Jesus told us to pray how give us this day our daily bread it's very very important that we understand him to be our source then we have this word pestilence and this word pestilence uh it means plague pandemic epidemic and it speaks of highly contagious and infectious diseases that cause mass sickness and death. Okay. Now I want to try to put this in perspective and, and I'm not, I'm not one of these guys that says, you know, there's no such thing as COVID, uh, because truly there is such thing as COVID. Um, I, I have people, friends, uh, that have lost their lives to COVID. Okay. So, you know, I know that. Again, there's <laughs> there has been a lot of um, hype about it. There's been a lot of exaggeration about it. Uh, but in spite of all the hype and exaggeration, it, it is a very real thing. But while the world is focused on one pandemic, one infection that's causing mass sickness and death... Uh, Anybody want to guess how many people died from HIV on planet Earth just during the first quarter of 2020? And it was the first three months of this year. 390,908 people that we know of died from HIV just during the first quarter of 2020. See, again, we, we don't hear much about any of that. And when I say that's the numbers that we know of, so many people who are dying from this pandemic are dying from it in areas that just bury the folks in mass graves and don't even keep the statistics. 228,095 people that we know of lost their lives to malaria first quarter of 2020. And 113,000 people first quarter of 2020 lost their lives to seasonal flu. So again, I'm not, I'm not here to scare you That's what the enemy tries to do with these things. But if we get so focused on COVID, my my brother, my sister, COVID is not the only pandemic that's alive and well right now on planet Earth that we need to not only be aware of, but we need to understand that the covenant that we have, and the blessing that's upon our lives protects us from these things. Now, this next part, earthquakes in various places, earthquakes in various places, I'm going to ask you to keep an open heart and mind because, again, this is not what it appears to be at first glance. At first glance, we think an earthquake where plates in the earth are rubbing against one another and they shift and it releases energy and causes buildings to shake. And if it's a really big one, it'll shake a building hard enough for it to fall. That is certainly covered in this original word that we find that Jesus chose intentionally, by the way, this word uh, seismos is the is the word in the Greek that's translated earthquakes, okay? But listen to me, seismos simply means to shake or shake violently, to shake with the idea of shock, or something that causes one to tremble with fear, that causes one to tremble with fear. Now, when we say seismos, again, it's easy for us to only think in terms of earthquakes, but the Bible uses this word in, to speak of other types of natural disasters, not just earthquakes. When he says that there will be an increase in earthquakes, both in frequency and intensity, he's not just saying earthquakes, he's literally, and it would be better for us to understand it, if you, if you write notes out in your Bible, write natural disasters. Because that's what this word is communicating. As a matter of fact, let me, let me give you one example. Matthew chapter 8 verse 24. I'll put it up on the screen. It says, and suddenly a great tempest arose on the sea, so that the boat was covered with the waves, but he was asleep. If you look up the word tempest in the original language, it also is the word seismos. It's the same word translated earthquake in Jesus' uh, uh, message to us in Matthew the 24th chapter. Are you picking up what I'm putting down this morning? So he's not just saying earthquakes, certainly it includes earthquakes, but, but what we're seeing is not just an increase in earthquakes in their intensity, we're seeing an increase uh, in these things uh, in other areas of natural disaster. Now, I want to, if I could, and I, and I apologize now if you're watching this on video uh, it may be hard for me to get these slides. I'm going to try to go back in and post-edit and and put them in. But I'm going to put some graphs up here. I'm not going to try to spend a lot of time. I don't, I don't preach graphs, graphs. I preach the Bible, okay? But this graph is showing an increase in earthquakes that have a magnitude between 6 and 8 from 1901 to 2011. All right? So, uh, again, uh, that looks, uh, you know, like a pretty dramatic, uh, increase. It's hard to read, uh, the, uh, the axis, uh, you know, going up, but it's, it goes from zero to 50. Okay. Now, this next graph I'm going to put up, this is showing since zero, year zero. In other words, it, it begins with an increment of 50 AD and it, and it goes all the way up to, I forget, somewhere in the 2000s, um, so, in fifty year increments, this is showing the increase in volcanic activity, which again is related to uh, seismic activity and, and earthquakes. Again, notice the contraction. I remember watching Pam um, laying there, you know, had a nurse with us in the, uh, uh, in the room where she gave birth to our children, and they had her hooked up to these monitors. And you can literally watch a contraction on the monitor, right? You can watch it. They even have this little printout that goes along, monitors the baby's heart rate, so forth and so on. And you can literally watch those things peak. And when I was looking at some of these graphs, I felt led of the Holy Spirit to just do some research here. Because, you know, I was, I was before I looked at these, uh, you know, num- it's I could give you numbers, but to me, to visualize it. Is this helping you to visualize it? It helped me to visualize it. So, you know, you hear and you get this feeling that these things are increasing, but, you know, what if that's just the day in which we live and it's always been like this? Well, clearly, it has not always been like this. Again, there's the, uh, the earthquakes, there's the seismic activity. Now, this next one, I believe, and if I was only going to show you one of these, it would be this one, all right? And this one is graphing not just earthquakes, but all kinds of different types of natural disasters everything from floods to violent storms to uh to wildfires uh to uh droughts uh and again it, it, come on now <laughs> that's a contraction my brother my sister that that is a contraction if, if there's if we've ever seen what a contraction on planet earth looks like um that's it there's also a biological this would include epidemics pandemics things of this nature all right so are, are you seeing, again, if you're looking at this, I'm trying to show you, I'm trying to help you visualize that what Jesus said, these things have always been. Yes, they've always been. But when he said it, right, in, in, in basically year one, the year of our Lord, right, when he said it, when he was alive on planet Earth, um, he said that, you know, these things were the beginning of sorrows. And this is what it looks like uh, for the earth uh, to be in labor and to uh, labor together uh, with these things. Now, I'm not a doomsdayer. If you think I'm trying to scare you or not, please remember, don't be deceived. Don't be deceived. This doesn't apply to you. This does, we're in this world, but we're not of it. Amen. We, we, we are in the eye of this storm. We 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 are being protected from these things. Amen. So I, I'm not, this isn't about scaring you. And if these things scare you, you need to examine why they scare you and what you need to step up into when it comes to faith and, and, and not be afraid and certainly not be uh, deceived by all of this. All right. Um, but, but what we're seeing right here, this, this is, these aren't people who believe in God. These are just folks who are trying to show us. As a matter of fact, a lot of this evidence, are you ready? A lot of this evidence is is being used to support the concept of global warming. That's one of the reasons why you have people that are doing this kind of research and, and, and pulling together this kind of data. But I'm going to remind you that this is a contraction and it's not the biggest one that's coming. Okay? This is a contraction and it's not the biggest one that's coming. Now, oh, thank you, Jesus. Um, turn with me To Romans the eighth chapter, Romans chapter eight, Romans the eighth chapter, and um, there's several verses here that I want us to look at. Um, Let's begin at verse number nineteen, Romans chapter eight, verse number nineteen. All right, I think I think I'm seeing the clear path to the finish line this morning. Amen. If you've ever listened to Brother Keith Moore preach, he'll say, turn to this such and such a passage and I'll close there, I think. Amen. So, Romans chapter 8 and verse number 19. It says, For the earnest expectation of the creation eagerly waits for the revealing of the sons of God. For the creation was subjected to futility, not wrongly, not willingly rather, Not willingly, but because of him who subjected it in hope. Because the creation itself also will be delivered from the bondage of corruption into the glorious liberty of the children of God. For we know the whole creation groans and labors with birth pangs together until now. Right? So remember Jesus said in Matthew 24, This is the beginning. Now, the Holy Spirit through the Apostle Paul, you know, all these years later, he says, we know that it labors and birth pangs together until now. But if you read it tomorrow, it'll say now. If you read it six weeks from today, it'll say now. And it'll continue to say now until the day of the Lord or until, the, until Jesus returns uh, and, and this new age that's coming upon the earth begins. But So he goes on to say, not only that, but we also who have the first fruits of the Spirit even we ourselves grown within ourselves, eagerly waiting for the adoption, the redemption of our body. Now, we know that the earth is laboring together in birth pains. The Bible says that it's happening up until this point in time. Now, I don't want to sound odd. I, listen to me, please. There, there, are, there are a lot of people who take this subject and they get real spooky amen you ever heard somebody get spooky talking about the end times somebody get really weird or extreme and you know all kinds of different things that they bring into all this please hear me that that's not who I am that's not what I'm here to do okay uh, a lot of times those people who get really spooky they're also trying to scare you or they're trying to impress you I'm not here to scare you I'm not here to impress you I'm here to inform you amen, as the body of Christ, but I think one of the things that we are missing that we need to understand, or maybe we've never really thought deeply enough about it, is that the earth that we live on is more than just a dirt clod hurling through space. Like you and me, the Bible says that you have been fearfully and wonderfully made, And the same creator that fearfully and wonderfully made you, fearfully and wonderfully made the planet that we live on. Now, I'm going to show you 12 things. I probably will not have time to go to all the verses. But I'm going to show you 12 things, 12 things that the Bible says about the earth, about the earth being a living entity I'm, listen now. I don't. I don't refer to it as Mother Nature. Okay. That again. That that to me is a term. If you use that term and what it means to you, but the reason I don't use that term is because Mother Nature is a term that a lot of people use as a substitute for God. Okay. It's not Mother Nature. It's Father God. Come on now. It's not Mother Nature. Right. I've, I've heard people. Ex- ex- you know, I, I'm, I'm fascinated as to how this planet works all the way down to, to the atoms and, and proteins and, and cell structure. All that is fascinating to me. And there are a lot of people who understand and have done a lot of research in all of that. But as they're explaining it, they'll say, and Mother Nature designed this to work this way. Or this is, this is yeah, actually my least favorite than Mother Nature designed it. Evolution designed it to work this way. Okay. So we have a Father God, He is our Creator Father, He is the intelligent designer, and He created all things. And you and I have been fearfully and wonderfully created by His hand, and the earth that we now live upon, He fearfully and wonderfully created it first. And, and after everything in creation was created and made, he then created you and me and put us on this planet to rule and reign over this planet. He put this planet and, and the entity that is this earth and the, the living entity that is this earth, he put you and me in, in charge of it. We're responsible for it. As a matter of fact, I just read it. I'll point out to you in just a moment. But the, the Bible says that this earth is subject to you and me. Subject means we, you know, think of in a monarchy with the king, the king and the king's subjects. The subjects are people who are subjects of the king. They're subjected to the king. The king, in other words, is over them. You and I are to rule and reign in this in this life over this over a lot of things, devils and demons, and then also we're to rule and reign over this created realm. This is how Satan became the ruler of this world. This is, according to Jesus, the devil is the ruler of this world. According to Jesus, Satan is the prince of the power of the air. According to Jesus, according to the word of God, in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 4, the devil is the God, lowercase g-o-d, of this world. Okay? And he became the God of this world, the ruler of this world, because the genuine, real ruler of this world, Adam and the descendants of Adam, abdicated the throne, bowed their knee to the devil allowed themselves to be deceived, are you hearing me? And troubled by him, and he took over in their stead. This is why the Bible says all of creation is longing for the day that you and me, the sons of God, the daughters of God, take our rightful place as rulers of this, of this living entity that is our planet. All right, are you with me? All right, so, see, again, we, we need to understand these things because when Jesus says these things must be, we see that, that these things are happening because of, the, of what's going on on this planet. And, and, and literally the planet is being grieved. I know that sounds like such an odd thing to say, but if you only think of the, of the earth as a dirt clot hurling through space, then again, you're, you're going uh, to be uh, at a disadvantage in understanding what, what Father God is trying to teach us. Uh, about this end of the age and our role in it, all right? So again, let me give you these 12 things, 12 things. I know it's a long list. So I'll try to go through them rather quickly. But according to the Bible, the earth, number one, can get sick. The earth can get sick. The land can get sick, okay? Again, I, some of you who are students of the Bible, you know, you're like, man, I've read that so many times in the Bible and never really thought of it. Again, the earth Can get sick. Not only can the earth get sick, according to the Bible, the earth can groan in pain. The earth can groan in pain. He he just got through saying that the earth was groaning. Well, you know, what does that mean if you get out in the middle of the forest and right at the, you know, if you're in the right place at the right time, you can hear it, make a sound? Well, the earth, the earth is it groans, but it, it groans in the sense that the groanings manifest in the things that I showed you in that graph. All right. How about this though? This is this is encouraging. According to the Bible, the earth can cry out in praise. The earth can cry out in praise. Remember when the religious leaders, uh, everybody was was worshiping Jesus and taking off their their, their overcoats and. Waving palm branches and shouting, Hosanna, bless the king who comes in the name of the Lord. And the religious leader says, you need to shut them up now, Jesus. You need to silence these people. They shouldn't be worshiping you like that. And Jesus looked at me and said, if I was to silence this crowd, the rocks that they're standing on would cry out to me in praise. It was a moment, right? It was a moment. It was a moment when the king of kings in human form was riding into Jerusalem to be the redemption for all mankind. This was a pivotal moment. Jesus could have avoided this moment. He could have ran from it. He could have hid from it. But no, he faced it in obedience and humility to his father. And those people worshiping him were foreshadowing the day when we stand before his throne one day, not just in heaven, but my friend, my brother, my sister, we're going to stand before his throne one day in a new heaven and a new earth. We will stand upon a new planet one day and we will worship him. Jesus said, if I silence them, the very rocks will cry out, in praise. This is one of my favorites. According to the Bible, the earth can break forth into singing. The earth can break forth into singing. Okay? How about this one? Opposite end of the spectrum. According to the Bible, the earth can vomit. The earth can vomit. We looked at that last week, right? If you weren't here for that or haven't listened to that message, the iniquity of the Amorites. The Bible says that the sin that they committed upon that land over the course of more than 400 years, that eventually the land became so sick of them that it vomited them out of it. The earth can vomit. We've already looked at this a few times. But according to the Bible, the earth can labor to give birth. I got some good news for you. According to the Bible, the earth can be healed. The same earth that can be sick and can get sick can also be healed. Jesus said that if we would humble ourselves, seek his face, turn from our wicked ways, right? And pray to him, what would happen? He would heal, he would heal the land. Now, these are some more in-depth ones here, but let's go to the next, next uh, list. According to the Bible, the earth has expectation. The, the earth has expectation, okay? Now, <laughs> come on, are you with me? When, when we see this in, am I, am I, I told you I wasn't trying to be spooky or weird. I wasn't trying to be spooky or weird. But this is what the Word of God says. That the Earth has expectation. What we read in Romans 8 is that the living entity that is planet Earth is expecting, is looking forward to the day when the sons of God take their rightful place once again as the overseers of this planet. You ever had a bad boss? You ever had a bad boss? Come on now. Yes, I mean, it can take a job that you enjoy and make it a chore to, to go and, and, and show up for. <laughs> you ever had a bad pastor? Whoo, <laughs> thank you, Jesus. Don't, I'm closing my eyes. Amen. You ever, you ever had, in other words, you ever been in a system, work, church, or some organization? How about Little League? Come on now. Your kid ever been on a, on a Little League team and the coach was a tyrant? what's the expectation the expectation if you're going to stay on that job is that that boss is going to move on and we're going to get a better boss one day the expectation is next year I'm going to make sure my son gets on a team with a coach that has some sense and some some uh, you know what's the word I'm looking for here Uh, ability to you know control his anger in other words, when we're in a situation with someone over us that is ruling in a way that is limiting us or, or harming us or producing consequences in our lives that, that are less than ideal, let's just say it that way, um, as a believer you do realize that you, you don't speak evil against that person, you pray for that person. And if it becomes unbearable, you begin to either ask the Lord to move them or to move you. It's not your place to tear them down. It's not God's way. Come on now. It's not God's way. Pam and I have experienced breakthroughs in these areas in so many different times in our lives. From school principals. Amen. There was a time when when some of the principals in, in our local schools, uh, they, they, just, they were not disciplinarians. They, the, the kids knew it. They could get away with anything they wanted to get away with, and it was creating a, a hostile, even violent atmosphere within that school. Some folks know this, most do not, but when Bethany was about to start middle school, we, we actually considered moving to another school district. We didn't feel led to do that. This is this is you know where we live, where we were raised, where we wanted to be. And so we begin to pray. Father, show us what to do. He told us to stay, and he brought in some righteous leadership. Okay. I probably spend too much time here, but on a practical level, on a practical level, some of you are in situations like that right now. You need to begin to pray for that boss, you need to begin to pray for that leader. You need need to begin to do whatever you can do to support them. If they're asking you to do something that that violates God's word and and violates who you are as a born-again believer, that's an entirely different story. You don't submit to that. amen. But then you ask the Lord to show you, Father, you either either move this person or move me and, and let him show you. But I said all that, I went down that path for two reasons. One, for somebody here who needs to hear that. Number two, because that's the position the living entity that is our earth finds itself in. In, in other words, it's being ruled by the evil one. And there are consequences that are taking place on this earth that are not the way God designed this earth to function. And the earth is trapped, and the Bible says that the earth has expectation of a day ahead that's going to be much better All right, so I've already covered some of these. The earth has expectation. According to the Bible, the earth is subject to mankind. According to the Bible, the earth suffers from the sin committed by man. Okay, that's important. What we do on this planet affects how this planet functions. According to the Bible, the earth is struggling to be free from the same bondage to sin that once held us. Wow. Did you know that? Did you hear me read that a moment ago in Romans 8? I know I'm out of time. Just hear me. I'm winding down right here. Okay, But the earth is longing to be delivered. If you look carefully at that passage in Romans 8, we'll point them out more distinctly next week. We see that ex- expectation, expectancy. We, what do we say about somebody pregnant? They're expecting labor pains and we also see delivery. That this, the earth will be delivered that's number 12 according to the bible this planet that we live on will be delivered all right stand with me this morning praise god thank you jesus amen i prepared for a sunday morning like i was preparing for a discipleship class amen all right for those of you who don't know what that means that's a two-hour class instead of a 45 minute one excuse me all right Are you good? Are you okay? You get anything out of this? All right. Let me, um, if we had more time, let me tell you what we would have talked about. Amen. Let me get a drink of water here. Colossians chapter 1 tells us that Jesus is the glue that holds this creation together. Jesus is the glue that holds this creation together. And the more he is rejected and the more he is pushed out, right, the more chaos we're going to see on every level. Amen. Amen. Father, as we stand before you this morning, We thank you, Lord, for loving us enough and believing in us enough to tell us about these things that would come to pass. Things, Father, that we're seeing in our world all around us right now. And seeing them on levels that many of us if not all of us have never seen before and father it's not just the covid pandemic we're seeing fear and and offense and racial division and lawlessness and betrayal Uh, again father these things that jesus told us to be prepared for that must come to pass But Father, I thank you that in the middle of all of this, you're teaching us our place. You're teaching us how to stand on your word. You're teaching us, Father, how to stand for righteousness, how to set an example, Father, of what it looks like for people from all over with different backgrounds and cultures and personalities and skin colors to live together as one in your kingdom. Father, that you are wanting, in the midst of all of this chaos, your church, the body of Christ, to rise up and be recognized and be seen and be heard, Father, like never before, so Jesus, this is why it's so important, and we ask you to help us to not be deceived. We ask you to help us and show us how to keep our hearts from being troubled, all of the the fear and and the And the people who are who are making their living by making people afraid, Father, that we would recognize, Lord, what they're doing. And that we would recognize that all of these things are taking place in a world that we're in but not of. And, Father, that we're here to be light in the darkness. We're here to be answers to the questions. We're here, Father, to be peace to the chaos. We're here, Father, to show men and women the way out of this world into your glorious kingdom. So thank you, Father, for helping us. Thank you, Father, for, for reviving us. Thank you, Father, for, for using these challenging times to show us areas in our walk with you, areas in our understanding and faith, Father, that need to be strengthened, that need to be shored up, that need to be reinforced, Father. And thank you, Lord, for the beautiful men and women in this room and those who are listening and watching Father, uh, through the internet, thank you for this family of faith called Heritage Christian Center. Father, I believe you've raised us up, although it was 20 some odd years ago, I believe you raised us up for such a time as this. And so Lord, we're answering your call. We're not running from the devil's lies. We're, We're running to answer your call, your call to your church during these historically challenging times. We thank you for it in Jesus' name, amen. And amen. Praise God, praise God, praise God. Tell somebody around you good things come in.